My name is Richard Lannan, rhymes with Cannon, and this is the Fenestration News Podcast. My guest today is Paul Kennington from Vika PLC. In this episode, I talk to Paul about the confusion around you values. So, without further ado, let's get started. Paul, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you for coming on. The building regs, and specifically the calculations behind the building regs, are confusing for all the companies in the Fenestration world. Why is that? It's very, very uh, simple. There's too many methods. That's the the issue. So when you're creating for a new build, when you're creating a a new dwelling, you would put in something called the notional value, which goes into the SAP software. And it's that SAP software that will create the the values you then have to meet with the building you're putting together. Um, Those notional values for for Windows in England, for example, are 1.2. Uh, in Scotland, they will come as 1.2 from December, but in Wales, it will be 1.3 from November. Right. So slightly different in, in each country. Of course, they're notional values. So that's the value that the specifier is working with to do their SAP calculations. What you then have to do is you put in the actual values of all the products you're using in your building, and you compare the output of your notional building and your actual building and if your actual building meets the, the demands, then great, it passes. If not, you've got to make some adjustments. But there's the problem, because it's within those values that you actually have a number of different calculation methods in certainly the, the home nations in GB. So in England, Scotland, and Wales, you have different calculation methods in each of those home countries. Okay, that makes sense why it's so confusing then. <laughs> <laughs> so... Whose fault is this? I suppose the, the problem has always lied with the historic means of doing calculations and some confusion over the years. So when you're talking about SAP and these notional values, uh, the, the document that, that covers this is a document called BR443. This tells you how to do your calculation methods for use in SAP for a whole house energy. So that's when you're calculating all the energy lost through a building. Within there, it's very clear. It has uh, an option of actually putting in the exact U-value of the product that you're using when it comes to the windows, or you can use something which is called the standard configuration. And the standard configuration is a fixed next to opener window in a set size. However, that then refers to a GGF document and tells you that from that GGF document, you can get that standard configuration. What it used to do is it used to also refer to EN14351. In fact, the new version of BL443 does still mention EN14351. But that's not mentioned in the building regulations for England, for Partel in England. And that's where it gets really confusing. So you now have in England four different methods. One is the exact size and configuration. The second is a standard size, which is 1230 by 1480, but in the exact configuration. One method is the standard window and standard configuration from the GGF sheet. And then one method is hotbox testing, which actually nobody in GB can do because there is no uh, test method in England. No UCAS accredited uh, centre does hotbox testing. So you can't do that version. If we then look to Scotland, they purely, when their regulations come in in December, they refer purely to EN14351. And if we look to Wales, you have three options in Wales as well, one of which is EN14351. So 
those different test methods will give you different results depending exactly which one you choose to use. EN14351, for example, refers to a single window. Whereas in England, you're being asked to use a standard configuration, which is a fix next to open. Hmm. All right. Different size, different type of window, different product will give you a different result. And ultimately, Vika as a systems company, your customers are all over GB. You know, you're not just focusing on England. You've got, in fact, you're worldwide and you probably, I'm guessing, got more hassle trying to deal with the regulations in Great Britain than you have across the world combined, probably. Certainly, yeah. In in GB, we have uh, a lot more problems. Obviously, part of this does come from the fact that in the rest of Europe, for example, they all refer to 14351. It's a standard document which covers the entirety of the, the EU. Um, and that's what you then declare your CE marking, or what's now a UKCA marking uh, in England or Great Britain, on. Now, that standard document um, does refer to this single window, 1230-1480. So across Europe, that's a standard. In GB, we have completely different different configurations. So it does cause a lot of issues. With regard to our customers, it's much harder for them. Um, it's It's relatively easy for me to sit here and say, this is what it is in England, this is what it is in Scotland, this is what it is in Wales. Some of our customers are selling products into all three countries. So which piece of paper do they use to prove their compliance? Because actually, in Wales, for example, if it's 1.3 for the notional value, that's very easy to hit with an existing product, whether it be a single window or a fix next to open. Very simple to get to. But there's this uh, element within, uh, obviously, their sales that says, well, okay, how do I prove that? It just adds complexity to to their operations. It really does need to be driven down to be one method across all three countries, or at least a similarity between all three countries, because it's much, much harder to do at the moment. And also, I I think when it comes to things like this, where there's confusion, there's always gaps and, you know, puts people in the position where they can tweak the system to suit them a little bit because there's no one that they can say, oh, we're following this regulation as opposed to that one. So it's, it's always something. But, I mean, the government have a, a massive responsibility here, uh, but they're, you know, they're not just trying to annoy everyone. What, what are they trying to achieve with these? Yeah, I mean, the, the, the underlying part of all of this and the changes to the building regs that we've recently seen um, are very much a step towards 2050. So the government have set in legislation that by 2050... Now, the UK will be um, net zero emissions. And, and that legislation can't be changed. And this is why you're seeing a lot of changes to things like um, diesel and petrol cars. You know, the fact that combustion engine will no longer be available from a certain period of time, everything will move electric. Um, gas boilers in, in new housing uh, from probably 2025 onwards, you probably won't see gas boilers in new housing. It'll be larger sort of heat recovery systems and potentially hydrogen boilers, etc. So all of this is that drive towards reducing emissions. Um, it's What they're having to do is, is be quite serious about some of the values that they're currently setting. And the changes we've just had are interim changes. So there's another set of changes coming in 2025. Well, that, that's the plan is to have another set in 2025. The problem for a systems house is that that's not a very long period of time. Um, So we have a a situation where it will go to consultation next year. Uh, After consultation, we'll get the results probably late 23, early 24. New legislation will come in in 24 and be implemented in 2025. 
Now, as a systems house, if we have to change our products to get to lower U-values, um, we have to remember that the main part of the U-value comes from the glass, not from the frame. Um, for us to change anything in that frame would mean retooling, etc. Tooling alone is on a year to 18 months delivery currently. Um, and the cost of that is quite prohibitive for a lot of companies. Now, you're probably talking about if we were to react immediately, would we have a product on sale by 2025 as a brand new product? Probably not. Um, so it would be after that point, and it could cost us anywhere between 10, 12, 15 million pounds to deliver uh, a, a whole suite to meet a very small part of the regulations, which is purely new dwellings. They've had to start somewhere, and I mean, there's plenty of other things, like you said, the heating and everything's going to get looked at, and it's all part of that. Mm. From Vika as a systems company, what are you doing? What can we do as an industry? What should we be doing? I think there's a number of different things we can do as an industry. One of the first things we need to do is get one standard configuration to work out a U-value. Um, having all these different options just isn't viable, and it's not truthful. We need something out there that says, this is the exact heat loss you're getting through a product so we need to do that that that's the the important part um the next thing we need to do certainly as a, a business is ensure that all of our existing products are available to to get down to lower u values if required we don't yet know what that lower u value is the government have suggested 0 0.80 um but that's a suggestion currently and it will go to consultation next year it's really important that when it goes to consultation that people respond to consultations the last consultation covered a number of different subjects. Um, there were two separate subjects in particular. One was new build dwellings, where they were looking at things like thermal properties, etc. There was a second consultation that came out for the replacement market and for things like ventilation, um, which overall received about 700 responses. Now, over the entirety of an industry, that's a tiny, tiny response rate, considering that of those responses, probably only about 50 or 60 came from construction, of which how many came from fenestration. And it's such an important part of our business, of the fabricator's business, the installer's business, etc. The GGF have done a lot of work on this, and they've got very close to DLUHC. They've made managed to, to make some, some great changes, which have benefited the industry recently, and they'll continue to work with that as well. So, um, you know, we are uh, planning to do some more work with the GGF and make sure that we can put forward the, the questions and the issues that, that we would have as a business for them to take that to DLUHC and, and uh, obviously uh, allow that to be known. Brilliant. So this is just new build, isn't it? The lower values are affecting new build. Um, however... That said, you also have the energy rating situation, which is also a bit of a, a monster because energy ratings are still an allowable way of looking at a replacement market. And actually, if you were to look at, go back to the truthful bit, um, I've had situations where doors, for example, don't meet the U-value requirements, but because the way they're calculated as an energy rating, um, anything with more than 30% glass is basically considered... Um, as a fully glazed door and if you do that well you get an energy rating without a problem so i've got something i've got one product that can't meet the requirements for a u value but can pass when you put an energy rating on it that's a nonsense that really is you know <laughs> people believe they're getting a great product that's, that's 
obviously going to, to help the energy efficiency of their home, where actually it is losing a lot of energy. So there's definitely some changes needed. Oh yeah. Thank you, Paul. Thank you for your time. No problem. And Thank uh, you very much. Speak to you again too. Will do. Thank you. That was a great conversation with Paul. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. If you'd like to hear more podcasts like this one, consider subscribing. Otherwise, thank you for listening. Until next time.